Hey, photographers, welcome to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm here to help you build a sustainable photography business. That means improving your photo skills, building on your business knowledge, and honing your marketing abilities. But it also means helping you work more efficiently so you don't get burnt out in the long run. We do try to bring the show to you commercial free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com and Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographer's Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing. Again, photographersedit.com and Milu.com. All right, let's get into today's episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back for another Boca Podcast episode. And uh, I was saying this to G-Day before we got started, but I am truly excited for this conversation today. I have with me my friend G-Day. And you know what's funny, G-Day, as many times as we've had conversation, I somehow don't know how to pronounce your last name. So can you share that with all of us, please? Oh, man, it's actually easier to pronounce than my first name okay? Um, because it's phonetically pronounced. It is. So. Yeah, yeah, it is exactly as you as it's spelt is exactly as it it's, it it sounds. Um, so you know it's A L A K I J A, which is Alakija. Okay, and yeah, I wasn't sure if that if that J was silent uh, or or you know pronounced with an H or that kind of thing. And I know I was probably like overthinking y, yeah. it. Yeah. Um, okay, so Alakija, that's that's really cool. Well, I, it is truly a privilege to have you on the show today. Um, we've Thank been you, chatting man. about doing a podcast episode for some time now, and. Um, I, I mentioned this to you before we got started, but you know I have so much respect for, and ultimately, and just kind of drawn in by the energy that you exude in conversation, your presence. But not only that, and I didn't mention this to you before we got started. I'm I'm truly taken by your photographic skills, and I've been in the industry now for about 20 years. And frankly, I, I'm not easily taken by photography. A lot of it just seems like the same. Um, but you've got a certain skill set that is quite captivating. Um, and I was particularly taken by it when I heard you speak at the cookout conference, uh, maybe a couple of years ago. And oh. I was like, man, th- this, this is fascinating stuff. Like to hear kind of your thought process and see the behind the scenes, what it means to capture those in-between moments. And so we're going to actually dig into that topic today. I'm excited to share that with our listeners a little bit later. Let me actually start though with um, something that we talk about quite a bit here on the, the Boca podcast, which is brand position. So that the value proposition that your business offers to your marketplace, what is that for your, your company? First of all, thank you so much for, um, for, for bringing me onto your podcast and uh, for some of the very lovely things that you said, it's obviously very humbling. Uh, it takes, it's taken me aback uh, just listening to it and I appreciate that. Oh, no, absolutely. And I mean, every bit of it. I mean, I, this is this is truly something that I was looking forward to. So I, I appreciate you making time for all of us. Awesome. Awesome. But yeah, so in terms of brand proposition from my business, um, I like to think of uh, my own business, which is Alakija Studios, as one that is there to capture or at least to tell stories and capture memories that um, will pretty much last a lifetime. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, one of the things that really, really is important to me is the fact that, you know, as we live in this world, uh, we have so many things going on in our lives, so many things happening, and they're very, very meaningful things. And I think it's so important that we have some sort of, you know, way of sort of remembering these things because they, they mean something to us. Um, my mission statement, for instance, now is bringing refinement and grace to couples and families, you mm. know, just by discerning and capturing 
meaningful moments and memories. Um, and, and really, the, the point is that it, it's, it's one thing to have these moments and memories happening, but it's also important to be able to discern them so you can sort of, people don't need to worry about the fact that there is someone sort of capturing these things. That's interesting. So you're, you're essentially creating an environment where they can just be, which then, of course, enables exactly. you the, the freedom to be able to focus on capturing those moments. Precisely. And, and kind of using my own eye, ingenuity, imagination, and creativity, words that I put into my mission statement, um, to kind of bring out these things in a way that makes them pleasing to the people who, are, who, who, who want to see them. I, I'm curious. I mean, and, and I already mentioned the significance of your personality, your persona, your presence. Um, I, I can imagine that that just naturally puts your clients at ease, which then, of course, sets the scene for you to be able to capture the photographs that you do. But has has that always been the case? Have you always been somebody who finds it easy to interact with others? Was that something you had to learn and work on? Talk to us about that. Um, I, I definitely um, love being around people. I'm very curious mm. um, and interested in people. As far as being easy, I wouldn't so much say that. Um, I'm actually, I know a lot of people would say, oh, I'm not a shy person, but I always feel shy okay. um, in, in most new environments. But the thing though I find is um, if I sort of find that the energy that I'm around is one that's very welcoming and one that I quite enjoy, and one that's also accepting of, of my own sort of personality i feel very um sort of at ease mm. when when i have to sort of you know sort of make my way into new environments um, and so far i've been quite blessed with the fact that some of the people i've been around in this industry have been such great people that it just makes it easier each time you know you learn something the first time and you take it to the next time and yeah. to the next time. So yeah, it's, um, so I want so much to say it's, it's something that's easy. It's definitely something learned. Hmm. Um, uh, particularly when I moved to the U S that was another, that was the first challenge sort of learning different cultures and adapting my own flair and style with, with a different environment. Trust me, I was offending a lot of people when I first <laughs> moved over here, <laughs> you know, with, with my sarcasm. Um, it's, it's a very, very different place. Yeah, <laughs> no question. Yeah. Oh, man, I, lo I love sarcasm, but you're, you're right. I mean, uh, you do have to kind of, you have to kind of feel the vibe first before you, you go there exactly. with some people. And, and yeah, you can get yourself in trouble. I, I speak for myself. I can get myself in trouble if, <laughs> if I'm not careful. Right. Um, but this is actually a great segue to my next question, which has to do with customer experience. I mean, is, is there something in particular that you have learned over the years? Uh, what, we're close to 15 years or so in business now? Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So something that you learned during that time frame that, that has been particularly impactful, that was a, kind of an aha moment for you when it comes to delivering a great experience for your clients? A lot of people would say the same thing whenever you speak to them about customer experience of their business, but it's so true. Listening is a very big mm. um, big thing and um, big thing that is so important and what what i mean by listening and i'm probably going to say that quite a lot of times in this in in, in this uh, interview is that um you want to listen like it's so easy as a creative to want to create for yourself uh but the moment someone is giving you money to deliver some sort of service to them you have to listen to what's important to them you can't sort of put your own um biases yeah. um, over theirs as well. Yeah. So you'll find that just by listening and making sure you understand what, what values your customers, 
uh, hold highly and putting that at the forefront of everything that you're delivering will push you and take you a long way. You know, your customers are going to rave about you just because of that. They're going to want to do more with you just because of that. So that for me is the biggest, I would say, gem I have learned, should I say, in in everything that um, I, I have done so far with my business. Well, I think it's a very common cultural thing right now in the U.S. anyway to be just kind of generally outspoken, right? Just to, we're, we're constantly talking, whether it's literally via our mouths or we're, you know, we're doing it virtually via Instagram or Facebook or via email. We're constantly talking. And the idea that we have yeah. to sit and be quiet and just pay attention and give genuine focus to a conversation, it's not the norm. Um, yep. and, and anytime I've, I've made a concerted effort to, to bring that kind of environment to a conversation, the response that I get is, is quite incredible because people aren't used to having that type of an experience and conversation. So what you're talking about is, is, you know, you kind of suggested it's a bit cliche that a lot of people say this, but I, I, I don't think that we can talk about it or emphasize it enough. And that is the significance of actually paying attention, not projecting onto the conversation, making assumptions. Um, we can just get ourselves in all kinds of trouble with, with assumptions, especially in, well, any kind of relationship, really, certainly professional relationships. And That's correct. so making room for conversation to be had and, and as you pointed out, making sure that we truly understand what the other person um, is talking about, their perspective, what they're looking for, their values. Um, man, that, that's such an important concept. I'm really glad that you highlight that. Yeah, 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 totally. I, man, you say it so well. I'm just like, do you know what? You should just interview yourself sometimes. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That'd be a boring interview. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> Let me actually talk to you about time, though, because um, I, you've, I know you've got your hands full. You do a lot. You travel. Um, you're, you're certainly, obviously, a photographer. You're an ambassador from Nikon now, which is really exciting. We'll talk about that in just a second. But um, you also are, are part of a, a company that, that sells African art, which is a fascinating concept and topic in and of itself. Like we could probably go down that, that road quite a ways, but how do you balance all that you're doing um, with just having mental psychological space? Uh, and then of course, time for the important people in your life. I think it's, it's so important that you have, that you make time for, the important things. Um, and I've learned this the hard way because I'm the kind of person who wants to be involved in every single thing that's happening around me. Um, I want to, you know, I, I get easily excited about little things. And I find that whenever I'm sort of involved in too many things, I deliver very, very poor results mm. as a result. But once you have really good balance, so say, for instance, now, um, something I've discovered is, say, I'm, I'm working on a particular project that's taking so much time out of me. Um, it's usually lovely. You, you normally enjoy the project at the, you know, at the beginning. And then as you go on, you st- it starts to become dull. It starts to become yeah. you know, strenuous. I find that when you sort of take some time out, and you, or rather, you mark time for everything that you're going to be doing. So you're saying, okay, I'm going to start working on this project from this time. I'm going to finish everything I do on this project at this particular time. Um, and whatever I do, um, whatever happens at this time, this is the end of this of, of this particular time mm. for this project. Yeah. So I, and and therefore, I'm now going to go into something else that's going to be a bit more. I'm going to relax with, like, I'm going to go see some friends. I'm going to have a good time. I think it's so important that you have 
restful moments, whatever it is that you're doing. Because if you don't engage in sort of bringing in sort of really positive energy around yourself, you're going to suffer. Um, and if you don't take that seriously, then there's no way you're going to grow. Uh, and I've learned this from a very, very young age. Obviously, having run this business for the last 15 years, um, I've had 15 years to develop that. Sure. So um, in everything that I do, I always make sure that I have a start and an end. Um, I also always make sure I have an exit because hmm. uh, it's so important to have an exit. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, with whatever project, because once you know that, okay, fine, that's the doorway, you, you always feel free. But when you feel like you have this thing that's going to keep going on and on and on and on, then you feel like you're, it's going to, you know, it's, it would never, ever stop. You could be at a loss. Yeah. Um, so that for me is a very important thing that you should always maintain some form of beginning and end so you know exactly what the boundaries are and maintain that and then respect it so much. Yeah. You know, Actually follow rules. through on it, right? Yeah. Follow through and, and respect your rules as yes. well. I, you know, I've been, and I mentioned this, um, I think maybe in the last podcast interview that I did with one of our guests, but I, I've been learning how to day trade in the marketplace. Um, huh, me during, too. <laughs> have you really? We, we, we might have to, to share notes after the fact, but. Oh, definitely. Um, but it's, it's been an interesting and at times stressful and uh, learning experience, but ultimately a learning experience. And, and I'm in a stage now where I'm, I'm getting more and more excited because I see uh, certainly the potential. I mean, I saw the potential a long time ago. My problem is I rushed in. And to your yeah. to your point, I, and I have learned this the hard way, but uh, it's been exhilarating as of even just the last week or so, where I've very intentionally put a set of rules in place, a strategy yeah. that, I, that I'm reviewing, uh, so, or that I've reviewed so much that it's just kind of ingrained in my head. And, and then when I go into to trade these particular funds, um, yeah. I, I know my rules. I know the things that I should be doing and shouldn't be doing based on experience, based on practice. And having that structure in place, uh, has made all the difference in the world because yeah. before I was, I was just kind of going in, you know, blind and, and making just terrible decisions at times. And that wasn't helping anybody. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the, this, this emphasis on the significance of rules and not just having rules in place because it's easy to write those down, but then we have to actually follow through on them. And this certainly applies to time management. It makes all the difference in the world. When we talk about time management, outsourcing delegation and can be a, a really important component of better managing time. Uh, but I know that not everybody's approach to this is the same. Have you experimented with these concepts, have you seen any benefit from them? Um, outsourcing is definitely a plus. Um, and it doesn't matter whether you're outsourcing to a company or you're outsourcing to a person. I think um, what I've learned um, about outsourcing is the fact that you're taking, you know, you're, you're buying, you're, you're buying more time. Um, we always, we focus so much on money and we forget that actually time is more important than money. Mm. Um, because once you have time, you can do other things. Yes. And the thing that you've outsourced is being done at the same time. So you're, it's almost like there are two of you yeah. getting something done. Yeah. You know? Um, so that for me is, is, is so important. I would, I, I would not preach that any more than, you know, than it, than it needs to. But I think it's, you know, for anyone who's always thinking, gosh, I need to outsource, you know, I would encourage it. But I think the challenge with outsourcing is finding somebody or something that is able to deliver exactly what it is 
that needs to be delivered. Not so much what you want, but what needs to be done. Ooh. Do you know what I mean? I, I yeah. love the differentiation there. Can you explain that, the, the need yeah. versus the want? Yeah, because uh, your perception of of your deliverables is also very different from, say, your client's perception yes. of deliverables. And I think sometimes we get so hung up on expectations that are not um, essential or required for sort of growth, right? Mm. Um, I, I've ever heard the phrase that said that they say it's important to complete. No, sorry, perfect. It's not important to be perfect, but it's important to be com- that for it to be completed. I.e., it's important that you get to a point where you're like, right, we have gotten, um, we've reached our goals. It's not perfect, but perfection is is very subjective, right? That's true. So what's perfect? You know, what's perfect to me, uh, what's not perfect to me, may be perfect to you, right? And I think one of the great things about outsourcing is the fact that someone says, hey, I can deliver X, Y, and Z, right? But you may say, you may see that X, Y, and Z to you is A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z, right? And so your client or whoever you're delivering to is only looking for X, Y, and Z. And the person who's, who you're outsourcing to is be able to give a, deliver X, Y, and Z. So I think it's so important that you understand that, you know, this is good enough. Um, and therefore you now have more time to move on to the other things because otherwise you're not going to grow. Um, there's no perfect machine, uh, in life. To me, you represent somebody who in our industry certainly is kind of the epitome of an artist type, the way that you, that you look at photography, the way that you think. So I'm curious to get your, your take on what you feel is, I don't know, to some photographers, they, they might feel like they're compromising. It, it, you know, this idea of good enough is a compromise to their art. It's a compromise to their business. What would your response be to them? Um, okay, so this is another thing I, I, I say to my mentees, that it's so important that you define exactly what it is you're doing. Are you in this business to be an artist or are you in this business to be to make money, right? Are you in this business to be, an, you know, to, to be a business person? Because it, your goals and objectives are very, very different for both. Um, being a um, being a photographer who's running a photography business, I think it's so important that I separate what is my art and what is my um, what is my product and service. And and I think if you're not if you don't define those things very clearly, um, unless it's very great, you will suffer. It will affect you mm. um, because you don't know who's showing up each time you're going to work. You don't know who's showing up to whenever you're doing art. You don't know who's showing up when you're doing, um, you know, you're, you're, you're offering some sort of product or service. And I think that's extremely important that you are able to differentiate both. Um, Otherwise you're just not going to, like I said, you're not going to survive. It's just going to become, well, it's like the two headed monster fighting each other. Um, (laughs) You know, so, uh, so I, I always have this, uh, I know it's, it's, it's a very crude saying. I don't know if it's appropriate to see on this podcast, but you got to decide, define, do you know what? I shouldn't even say it, but I'll just say it. You've got to define who's the mistress and who's the wife. Who's, who, who, who's the person that you're saying, okay, fine. This is, I'm doing this because I'm indulging myself. Uh, or I'm doing this because I'm indulging somebody else. Sure. Well, and, and I think the lack of clarity, and we actually, this is a topic that we get into quite a bit on the podcast, the significance of what I refer to as a big picture view 
this kind of overarching set of values and goals that drive what I do, if that's not been established, then there's a tendency for photographers, myself included, um, to to kind of go into what they're doing just haphazardly, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and and constantly reacting to whatever's in front of them versus saying, this is what I'm, as you pointed out, Jide, what I am trying to accomplish. And as a result, then it makes sense for me to, to be engaged in this activity. It makes sense for me to, um, to, and even to our conversation, be okay with a compromise of sorts when it comes to delegation. Of course, this is not just relevant to editing. It could be album design. It could be email management. Um, there is for the client what is a great experience, and then there may be a version which is what we want. We just have to understand the difference and then determine what our overarching set of goals I guess what that means for the balance between those two things, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've said it so much better than I would ever. <laughs> oh, not at all. No, I, I, I think I think the perspective though is a really great one that you're highlighting, and and uh, I mean, it's a good reminder for me. Uh, you know, whatever business or venture I'm involved in, I need to make sure that I keep at the forefront those those goals and and let that drive what I'm doing versus getting Perfect. emotionally tied up in this thing and that thing. And, and I know that photographers listening in can benefit from this as well. So I appreciate that perspective. I want to jump to the next question, though, about uh, books. Is there a particular book that has been really impactful in the last two or three years, maybe you've read it or listened to it or otherwise, um, that you've seen benefit from in your personal life, maybe your business or both? Ah, this this question is very difficult because there's so many great books that um that I've read that I can say that has really helped me out. But the main book I think that keeps coming back every time I um, think about it, and I've read it about three times, is um, this very very famous book uh, by the name of Seven Habits, not by the name, by the title of Seven Habits um, of Highly Effective People yes. by Stephen Co- by Stephen Covey. Yes. Um, and, and what I love so much about it is, is just how structured um, he talks about the, the different, you know, the different seven habits themselves. Um, and for me, it's, I always realize that whenever I say I'm falling by the wayside or I'm not sort of being effective and I go back and I look at the fact that I'm like, hmm, I'm not being proactive, for instance, now. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe I'm being too reactive um, um, or, or maybe I'm not sort of, I'm putting the end, I'm not putting the end in mind, you know, I'm just kind of picking out different things that are sort of highlighted in the book. And, and I find that it's one that is so important to the development of the human person as, 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 a, as a person as well, just to be effective in anything. Mm. It, it may not even have to do with business, but just being effective in your marriage, it can be effective in, 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 in your hobbies and, or whatnot. So that is a book I would recommend to anyone. Well, and we'll make sure to link to this in the show notes. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a classic at this point. And I, I think I've I actually maybe read it quite some time ago, but we'll, we'll right. make sure to link to it. It's on, on uh, to, to the book on Amazon, Stephen Covey, as you'd mentioned. And, you know, there's something, there's something about books like this that, you know, one might argue, hey, we, we can't put too much weight on any one person's opinion about what makes a great life. But I think the reality um, at least in some cases, is that an individual doesn't hasn't clarified their value set, which then, I mean, to our earlier conversation, drives how they behave personally, professionally, and just at least having an outside perspective. Hey, here are some key principles that can make our life better. 
uh, if you don't have anything else that you're going to subscribe to, uh, that you're beginning to implement in your life, there's opportunity through books like this to at least gain some perspective in order to better establish those those values. I've personally found a lot of value, for example, in, in Tony Robbins' writing. Hmm. And it's it's not that he's got it all figured out or that he you know he knows all, but I just found a lot of value in the psychological principles that that he shared in his writing and I've been able to take some of those and apply them to my life in a way that's made a, a really big difference. I'm continuing to work at implementing those. So I, I like the, the the kind of perspective that we can gain from these books. We'll make sure to link to that book in the show notes. For everybody listening in, it's Boca, B-O-K-E-H, podcast.com. You can see the show notes there. And in fact, there's also a section on the site called bocabookshelf.com for everybody listening. And if you go there, you can see some of the most popular recommendations, book recommendations from our podcasts over the years and uh, take advantage of that resource. Shout out to Haley for putting that together for us. But I mentioned earlier, G-Day, that that, um, you've got a Nikon ambassadorship now, which is really, really exciting. (laughs) Um, just talk briefly about that. I mean, what, what is this, what has this felt like to, to be able to have an opportunity like this? So when I was told that I was, um, being made or given the title, let's just say, however you want to call it, uh, um, to, you know, of being a, uh, a Nikon, I say Nikon cause I, I grew up in that part of the world. Sure. Uh, ambassador. <laughs> it was, first of all, I was very taken aback cause I wasn't really sure what I was hearing. I thought I was in a dream um, because it wasn't something I was expecting. But it was it, it was amazing, just not because of what it represents, but because of the people that I get to sort of be an ambassador with. Mm. Um, Nikon have some of the most amazing people that I could not, you know, I, I couldn't ever be so delighted to be um be in a group with them. Um, and just that alone was the first thing. Um, and, and this is even before, you know, before this announcement uh, came to pass, these people, all the, the, the different Nikon ambassadors have always been sort of, you know, they've always checked up on me. They've always been like really, really good friends because every so often at some of the big conferences I've spoken to represent the brand. So in a sense, you could say, okay, yeah, it was coming, but I never really saw it that way. Um, and when it did happen, I just felt like, oh my God, this is, wow, this is so amazing. And what, what does it mean sort of being a Nikon ambassador? I think it's, it's, um, it's such a great feeling knowing that you have a big brand that supports and backs you on everything that you're doing Mm. as an artist, so as a business as well. Um, and it also is a great opportunity for myself to be part of their own vision as well. So there's so many exciting things that I'm looking forward to uh, because of that announcement. I mean, it's such an incredible opportunity. I shot Nikon uh, for the 10 or 11 years that I photographed weddings. Um, so I'm a huge fan of the brand. I still think nice. to this date that, that the ergonomics on, on and then the layout of the buttons on the Nikon cameras uh, are still some of the best, if not the best. Of course, very subjective, but I, I just love the platform. So I'm really stoked for you. Um, Thank you. And, Thank and you so you're your artisanship, uh, I, I feel like, warrants this kind of representation. So it's exciting to, to see that additional leverage that you have and hopefully further opportunities representing Nikon to be able to share not only your art, but your perspective and how you develop that. Um, I just, I, I have to congratulate you on that. It's really, really exciting. Thanks a lot, Nathan. It yeah. means a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I'm stoked for you. Well, I and and to this to your to my point actually about your artisanship and your perspective and your skill set for that matter. 
Um, I want to get into how you go about capturing these in-between moments. And this is a topic that you touched on uh, at the cookout conference, I think a couple conferences ago, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, it, you have such an interesting perspective on it. And I'd be curious, actually, before we get into the technical side of things, what is it about these in-between moments that fascinates you that you so enjoy trying to capture? Right. Um, transition moments. Um, so basically what I, so I noticed um, that, over time that every time I photographed a wedding, I sort of went into a very repetitive um, mode. Um, and also my expectations were very, very, very similar. I would always see a wedding the same exact way. Um, and therefore, almost without even looking through the camera, I would know how to shoot them. And it became extremely repetitive and nothing very interesting. Hmm. I think I, what was it now? I was speaking to uh Divini and Daniel um some years ago about you know their own wedding photography um and they managed to sort of open my eyes to the idea of like hey do you notice that most of the really interesting photos always happen when things have not been scripted um and most of that time is usually sort of in transition sort of in between those moments yeah I was like what do you mean it's like well think about it um if a uh, let's say a bride or a groom is walking to a church you know exactly what's going to happen right they're going to walk down the aisle get to the front of the aisle to the altar and the ceremony happens right that's kind of expected mm -hmm. uh, and so therefore there's you, you go into this frame of mind of creating the same sort of photographs when you're in that um during that that portion of say wedding ceremony um, so you always go to the same places, you always go to the same locations and all that kind of stuff and viewpoints. But it says, but imagine after or before through that particular time, the transition from, say, when they're getting ready to the ceremony, that is never ever scripted. That is never something that has kind of been planned. That's always when things generally tend to happen that you don't expect. So let's say after the ceremony, a couple go into some room and they do something because they've they're not sort of following a script. They tend to be themselves. Yeah. And therefore, you will find some very unique moments happening there. If anything, that is the time you need to open your eyes and open your ears attentively because you're going to see some very, very interesting things. You know, you get all the, the, the heavy emotion, the hugs, the kisses, because people are behind closed doors. So that's what's kind of driven me now to, you know, search for these moments because it's very very similar to when you're say documenting um, an event um, or or even non-event um, as a journalist you're always looking for the things that define the people that you're um, photographing but define the moment that they're in mm. so and these things tend to happen when people are sort of being themselves and they're not sort of following a script um, and they're the most interesting ones because for the viewer, when they're looking at the photos, they're thinking, okay, yeah, these are wedding photos, but this is not what I'm used to seeing. This is very different, and I'm now interested. Um, and so that really piqued my interest and got me in search of those moments. Another thing, everyone has a camera these days, yeah, right? Yeah. Everyone's taking photographs. So they're all going to take the same photos all the time. Wouldn't it be so much better if you let them take those photos and you – had something extra in your arsenal and you were seeking for the photos that people were not taking. And, and that, that for me is really the, the, the sort of the, the, the whole sort of basis of 
searching for in between moments. Um, and as a result of that, it's kind of made my work look quite different. Um, you know, because then it's like, you know, people, people even say to me, people say sometimes to me like, Oh, I wonder what Jude is going to capture this time, you know, because he's always capturing these very, very, very different things that we yeah. don't normally see, yeah. but they're always really interesting. Well, and, and the nuance lies in the split second. I remember during that conference, you were talking about, I think there was a there was a particular shot you were walking us through and literally showing us kind of all the raw images and then the final yeah. image that you chose from it. But it was, I think, a bride that was sitting in a car um, or getting ready to get out of the car or something like that. And you said, yeah, yeah. Here's, here's this image and then this image and then here's the image that I chose and then here are a couple of the images after, that kind of thing. Um, but it was really interesting to see the significance of that detail and of course ultimately your perspective on the nuance of that those few seconds um as as that subject was in front of you joe busink who was uh, actually a nikon ambassador at one point as well he's a photographer that i used to follow um Mm -hmm. when i was coming up Uh, one of the things that he would do kind of famously at, at this point would was to have a second shooter not to be what we would normally think of as a second shooter but to focus on capturing the formal portraits for example so that he could focus on these other details that, that that you're describing, right? Is that something you do, or if not, how do you balance making sure that that you know your clients are getting the the kind of standard images that they may be expecting while also being able to capture these moments? So um, I think two things. I mean, first of all, Joe is one of my heroes. He's such an amazing photographer. One of the things that I have learned. I mean, when I uh, started. Uh, my photography journey I started in the UK and um, over there we we don't have the, the well initially we did the concept of a second shooter was very very foreign it was mm. it was a more of an American thing okay um, and what I mean then I wasn't sort of doing this the way I'm doing it now but what I I, I, I come to do or I come to realize is I became very used to um, photographing you know the things that I need to photograph so what I do now is I split my photographic time into sections. So I would say, okay, fine. The ceremony is going to last for, let's say 30 minutes in that 30 minutes. I need to photograph say 30% or 40, no, let's say 50, 60% of the standard stuff that I'm expected to photograph. And then the remaining say 30, 20% or, you know, or whatever it is, um, I'm going to use it to photograph the things that are unique and therefore I'm going to have to spend some time looking for those things. So I sometimes time myself. So say if I caught the, the main bits of the ceremony, I would then now say, okay, fine. I have five minutes to look for something interesting. I'm going to sort of hog this location over here for five minutes and <laughs> capture this thing. Yeah. Because I, because I noticed now that you can, I mean, you can capture as many photographs as you want or as you need, but if the photo wasn't captured, it never existed. That's mm-hmm. the way I see it. So um, I think I've gotten to the point where, you know, like I said, you can almost for sure predict some of the things that are going to happen, but the things that you can't predict, you need to give yourself enough time. You need to give yourself enough leeway um, in sort of trying to capture those things. So it's all about balancing time. Um, like I said, initially, I always try and make sure I have a beginning and an end. So if I don't capture anything in that five minutes, I just let it go and I move on to the next thing. Because I always remember that, or you always remember that, if it's a wedding, you're going to have about eight, nine hours anyway yeah. to photograph the whole entire thing. In that time, you're probably looking for 10 really strong photographs. Hmm. In eight, nine hours, I'm sure you can find that. Hmm. If you just allocate, say, five, 10 minutes, that's what 
about an hour to an hour and a half of the day. Uh, that's quite a lot of time. So it's all about just sort of planning and balancing things uh, appropriately. And and what enables that ultimately is intentionality. You know, this is I mean this has been right. a theme in our conversation. And I really love this because um, I've certainly personally seen the value of it in, in my life. And I know that our listeners can also find a similar value. If if we know what we're trying to accomplish, then we can plan accordingly. And you need, to your point about the ceremony, for example, you know you've got thirty minutes, so that you're going to allocate you know this much time to the the typical images, and then you're going to allocate this much time or this percentage of the time. Uh, to those those nuances, the details, the things that look particularly interesting or might be unique to that particular client or that particular environment, um, right? And, and but there's intentionality behind it. That's what enables it. And, and you know, some might. I'm sure there's some element. I, and I guess I shouldn't assume, but GD, I'm, I'm I'm assuming that that you're there is some element of like kind of going with the flow in the moment. You happen to see something. You're you're ready. You're aware. You're able to capture yeah. it. But yeah. but then. Uh, there's a certain amount of reward, I think, that comes to those who are intentional in planning as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 very. I mean, there's so many things I've learned just over the years that, and you can liken um, this to many other forms of life. You know, yes. having some sort of plan, but then also having intention about exactly what you're after. Um, one of the things I also teach my 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 students is. Go in with a plan. Always go into your wedding with a plan. Mm. Um, and I didn't realize that I always did this until like, you know, when I started trading and stuff like that. But I have a very detailed plan of the kind of pictures that I want to get. Um, and this really came about because, you know, when, when I'm doing my post-production or I'm doing my culling or I'm trying to put together a story or a slideshow, I'd search for certain photos Um and also when I spoke to, you know, Davini and Daniel, they would tell me, oh, yeah, we would look for a certain number of photos in this area. We'd look for certain photos in this area. And it's almost like you have an intention um, of every single thing you're looking for. It's like you're creating this piece because when you are then now going to create, say, the album, you need to be able to have the images that you need. Well, I, I, I can't... Um... Thank you enough for highlighting the significance of, of intentionality again today. And, and your, your work is certainly a reflection of this thought process. We're going to make sure to link to that in the show notes. But before we go, uh, a question for you. If, if you had to pick three, and maybe you've already touched on some of these in our conversation, but if you had to pick three of the most important concepts to share yeah. with our listeners about how to, to most effectively capture these split second, the in-between, the transition moments, what would those principles be? So... The first one would definitely be, like I said, to plan. Um, make sure that you have some sort of detailed um, script or idea of the things that you need. Um, and you know, make sure that before you go in, you've already sort of worked out where you're going to get these things. Um, the next thing, which kind of feeds into that, is to listen. Mm. Um, and listen to not only what, in, in the case of a wedding, listen to what your clients are looking for. Um, it's very important that you find that out from um, at the very beginning. And I think a lot of photographers just sort of walk into a wedding and start taking photographs that they think their clients want. Um, but just kind of making sure that you understand what's important to them. Um, and then also just listening throughout the day um, is, is also very, very, very important. Um, having the empathy to put yourself, you know, in their own shoes. Um, empathy is extremely important um, when capturing moments and capturing a good story, yeah. you've got to feel what they're feeling mm. and understand how they feel. 
because that would even make your pictures even stronger and know exactly what you're looking for. For sure. And then, and then the last thing is have very sort of heightened curiosity. Um, and again, this kind of links into the previous one again. You know, just keep exploring. Um, find out about the people that you're photographing. What makes them tick? Who are they? Why? 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 Why are they? You know, how are they? As it were. Um, the more you understand um, about them, um, and the more you understand their stories, the better your compositions will be. Um, for example, now there might be an uncle who keeps coming to the bride every single time something happens. The bride is always smiling at her all the time, mm -hmm. at him all the time. And you're thinking, what's going on over here? Yeah. You capture a really strong moment. And then later on, you find out that, oh, yeah, he was the guy who raised me when I was a kid. Wow. And we always talked about my wedding day. Yep. And now he's here to, you know, watch me get married. And yeah, but he's also a very shy guy, which is why he's always running away from the camera or something like that. Yes. And it's interesting. You may capture a really interesting composition that shows a connection between both of them hmm. where it's not overly um should i say screaming at you that this was what was actually happening right but to them it means the entire world hmm. um, and that just comes just from exploring and just being curious I love that. I, and I think it's a brilliant way to sum up our conversation because it really is at the root of the very beginning of our conversation it, about conversation, uh, not so ironically, the significance of curiosity. Um, if we can bring that curiosity to our relationships and more specifically conversations, and we can bring yeah. that curiosity to our photography, we're going to be in a much, much better place for it. And, and you're a, a wonderful example of, of both of these principles. I think it's really, really wonderful that we've had the opportunity to be able to, to hear your perspective, get your advice. Uh, and for everybody listening in, I want you to be able to see G-Day's work. Uh, G where I, I know that you've got like three different Instagram accounts. Um, can, <laughs> right. <laughs> can you mention what social media our listeners should go to, uh, as well as your website so they can follow along? Yeah. Um, I'm such a social media hugger, which is interesting because I'm hardly ever on there. Um, so my, I actually sort of have two main Instagram pages that okay. I use. One represents my business and one represents my artistic, um, or should I say my personal work? Yes. Um, so the business is um, my, it's basically my last name studio. So it's Alakija Studios, A-L-A-K-I-J-A -A -A Studios. Yes. And my personal one is just my last name, Alakija. So um, you can kind of see what I'm usually up to or the kind of things that I photograph on, on one. And then the other one just kind of shows essentially the things that I want to share with my prospects and my uh, my clients. My webpage kind of follows pretty much the same thing. Actually, no, my webpage, there are two webpages as well. So my webpage, again, my last name, alakija.com, and that's my commercial webpage. And then my personal page is actually my first name and my last name. So it's jidealakija.com, J-I-D-E. A-L-A-K-I. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I'm actually making that note right now because I, I didn't realize that there was that additional website. So this is this is going to be good. I'm going to have to jump over there. And I was already <laughs> I was already following you um, on your... Actually, it was your personal Instagram account, it looks like, but I'm going to have to follow these other two accounts as well. Right, right. Yes, yes. You, uh, you, so I think you're on my private Instagram account, um, which is one where I just put photographs... I'm such a narcissist in that one. I just put photographs of myself. Uh, just... <laughs> 
Oh, it's, well, we'll link to to these that you mentioned in the show notes. I'm also going to make sure that uh, we link to the uh, the ambassadorship page on Nikon's website. We'll link to your Perfect. your art company as well. Um, and and just to kind of give further example of uh, of your work, there there was a particular shoot uh, in Aruba, an engagement session in Aruba that I had pulled up earlier before our conversation. There's just some beautiful, beautiful work in that. Oh man, and, thank you. Yeah, we'll link to that specific session too, just to give further example of, of your work for our listeners. Um, I, again, I really appreciate you making time for all of us today. Thanks for sharing your perspective uh, with all of us. Thanks, man. Thanks. This has been great. I've quite enjoyed this actually. Thanks so much photographers for listening to the Boca podcast. Will you let us know what you thought of the show by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at bocapodcast.com. We do try to bring this show to you commercial free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com and milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographers Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing.